10 seconds to fire it. 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Picking favorites! Welcome back to Picking Favorites, your favorite podcast, I can only assume. Uh, if you're a returning listener, thank you for staying with us. If you're a new listener, thank you for taking a chance. My name is Zachary Levi. My name is Razzle. And I am David Kentucky Coleman. And today with us, we have a very dear friend. I've known this man for many years. He is multi-talented writer, director, producer. His name is Kyle Newman. Everybody, Woo! welcome Kyle Newman to the podcast. Thank you, guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, what a welcome. There's some enthusiasm here, buddy. Warm. That's there's holiday a, warmth. There's some enthusiasm. Uh, Kyle, you uh, you directed um, one of my more favorite nerdy films of the past decade called Fanboys that Thank I was uh, also very pissed off that I was not a part of. <laughs> That's actually how I met you. It I auditioned is. for the film. Well, we first met together. We like sat down somewhere down in Hollywood. We like sat down and yeah. like, you were like meeting with actors. And I was like, oh my God, this like this movie is like it's perfect for me. It's all about Star Wars fans and uh, this road trip. And uh, and then and then you passed on me. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but you you know what? But but. We did win a friendship out of this. We won. <laughs> I met. I actually did meet a couple of really good people in that process casting. A couple of good longtime friends. It's, yeah, it's strange, you know. Yeah. It's like, but that was like such a puzzle putting that together. Yeah, and you had a, some people know this, some people don't. But that was an insane journey you went on yeah. trying to make that movie. It was and seven old, years from when I started developing it, got involved until it finally came out. And the version that came out was ultimately a little different from our script, but it, thankfully. We wrote it, we stayed true to it, and we got the cut of the film back, and I was able to more or less retain the soul of the movie. You know, yeah. we got to put back, the, there's a cancer subplot, yeah, yeah. and, you know, it, never in a heavy way, but just in an emotional way. Yeah. It gives it some weight, yeah. and that was what we stayed true and fought, and we got it back. And yeah. So the movie's not exactly as we wanted it. We're still very proud of it, but... yeah. You know, it, it went through some changes. Well, dude, good on you for fighting the good fight and sticking all that through. Because I knew you through a lot of that. And I was yeah. like, man. It's hard. I, it's hard. Independent cinema is a challenge. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's very diplomatic. <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. Well, but ultimately very rewarding. Yes. It, it really is. I mean, it, it really is. It's like the, the newest film I'm working on, it's probably four years since coming out. Right yeah. Next tell year. us all about that and what's going on with it. Yeah. Uh, this is your time to talk about what you're yeah. doing right now. Okay. Yeah. Are you yeah. doing Kyle yourself. So here we go. So, so, uh, new film is called Barely Lethal, and it is a high school action comedy, kind of like a throwback to old John Hughes type stuff. It's got mm -hmm. a little bit of like an, maybe an easy A side to it, but it has action. So I it's like an action it. twist. It stars Haley Steinfeld um, from True Grit, you know, Who's Oscar nominee. Who's incredible. Yeah. So this is like her first, you know, teenage present day role, and she comes from a school. It's she's been trained by Samuel L. Jackson, who runs a school of all girl. Um, assassins in training. Like and you do. She realizes that there's another world out there and she has this affinity for pop culture and she wants to realize, you know, wants to discover what it's like to be a normal girl. So she defects, goes off the grid and enlists in middle American high school and realizes <laughs> that that is much very John, than That where is she very John from. Hughes of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, people from her past come back to haunt her. Jessica Alba's in the film as an antagonist and Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones wow. is nice, at school nice, with her. And nice. Sophie ends up uh, coming to the other school and Dove Cameron from Disney's uh, Liver Maddie. Liver Maddie's in it and she's 
sensational. And guys like Thomas Mann from Project X and Gabe Basso yeah. from yeah, Kansas dude. Summer. And wow. Star-studded. Guys like Rob Hubel and Dan Folger from Fanboys. Okay, I love now, you're Dan. Just, now, just, now you're just showing So up, had, yeah. to, had to get these guys all in there. And yeah. Steve-O from, from Jackass is... Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, thanks, thanks. really fantastic. So yeah. I, I was blessed with a, a tremendous cast. We made it again independently. Brett Ratner produced it, and it's coming out early next year. It's it's really really fun. Congratulations, Thank man! Thank you. Any, well, anything else you want to uh, plug right now? Anything? I mean, I know that there's some things that you're yeah, working well, on that you can't my, really talk about. Follow but. my my Twitter. Um, it's very big, uh, very cool music video coming soon. So and just real quick, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's Kyle underscore Newman, K-Y-L-E underscore N-E-W-M-A-N. Fantastic. And we'll have that for everybody, uh, as always, at uh, the end of the podcast on the, all the clickable links and, and all the uh, all the things that you will need to know. Let's jump into uh, the podcast, shall we? Um, uh, we, we we've started a new thing because it was all kind of free form, and then we realized we need to have a little bit of structure here. So we are giving our guest the first fruits of every one of these categories because we feel like it's it's an honorable thing and also we don't want you st- sending around just listening to all of us yabber for uh, forever. So uh, starting off, Dave, what, what is our first uh, category up the for bed? The first category for today is who's your favorite action hero? Favorite action hero, Kyle Newman, go. So I was thinking about this question. Is it is it action hero in terms of the the actor or is it action hero the character? Or is it, it could be either. Uh, you know what? Either. I, I, no I, rules, yeah, your discretion. Right? What do yeah. you think? What do you want? I think if it's just pure action hero, the one that had the most effect on me. I love like Luke Skywalker, but that's more like adventure, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think so. I'm going. I'm going with um, Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. I think Indiana Jones, um, iconic, especially for when you know my formative years during that process. Like he was the guy. Yeah. You know, there yeah. was nobody as swashbuckling as badass as Indiana Jones, and. You know, there's some other people that came close. I don't want to ruin any picks for you guys, so I'll hold off. But, I, you know, there's just something iconic. Even when you look at an Indiana Jones poster, you're oh. like, damn, his shirt's open. It's like he's got the hat on. Yeah. That scruff. He's got the, the sweat scr- on oh, his that, brow. Oh, that, yeah. that naked chest. I mean, you know, you know, his shirt's Drew's, open. Uh, Drew's, Drew's had never painted um, yeah. people so well. So oh. I just think that's, you know, he's he's an icon. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I I actually went the route of uh, actor instead of character, and there was, of course, there's so was always so many to choose from. But mine was Harrison Ford, and for and that is one of the major major reasons why he's one of my favorite uh, action heroes. I was about to say. I, I, I wanted to say Han Solo was like, yeah. I know, but it's, I know. he's yeah, yeah, that era. I, and and I, part of the reason why Harrison Ford is 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 my favorite action hero of uh, I guess of sorts is because he's an every man's action hero in a way. You know, Bruce Willis kind of has a lot of that too. Kurt Russell. I mean, look, a, a lot of them do. Um, in in a lot of badassery, I almost picked Tom Cruise because I just feel like he does such amazing action movies, but. Harrison Ford, the way he like t- would take punches, the way he was, you, you could see the struggle in him. You never felt like he was always out of peril. You never felt like he was so good that there was never a chance that the bad guys might not kill him. And that just, and he had so much heart and kind of swagger and charm with his little half smile. And I was like, damn it, man. That's, those are the types of characters I want to play when I get older. So I'm with you, Harrison Ford. Raz. Uh, I, I went a little more current with mine. Uh, Harrison Ford, obviously, you know, I grew up in that that age of Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars and, you know, diehards and all that. And even um, even uh, <laughs> had a, a thing fall off the wall here. <laughs> we, got, we got some action movies going on right now. Uh, I, I went a little more current because, obviously, those, you know, the – all those '80s action heroes and you know Stallone and all of those, but my my current favorite I would say over the last 10, 12 years would be Tom Cruise, uh, mainly because a 
I'm a huge fan of Tom Cruise. B, his movies are uh, always entertaining. He does all of his own stunts. Yeah. He's the, the, there's a new. Let's be, the, can we just be? Let's just clarify the word all. All. Emphasize no. when you look up all, it means all. No. Tom Cruise strapped himself for the new Mission Impossible Five. He strapped himself to the side of a flying airplane in the sky, going like a lot of miles an hour, <laughs> hanging on the side while he's doing his own stuff. There's a video of him for Mission Impossible Four climbing up at the top of that Dubai Tower, just I, prancing around the side of the tallest building in the world, he, swinging, doing, hey, look at how much fun this is. I, I think I think what David's trying to say is he does almost all of his stuff, and certainly he does at least part of every sequence that he does. Yes. But there are some things that are, A, either physically impossible, B, sure. the insurance company will not yeah. let him do in order sure. to insure if the If you film. watch Night and Day, yeah. he that does not drive that movie. motorcycle the entire time. Fair enough. I, Okay. Well, all I'm the, just saying that's sure. But again, he does. He is a an amazing guy. He's a man. Sure. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. No Fair doubt. enough. Maybe no he doubt. didn't drive that motorcycle all the time, but he climbed up through the thing. There was a thing. He was on Letterman, and he took a, a, a picture on top of the the thing in Dubai, that tall yeah. building in Dubai. And he did. Called. And he did do a stunt where he jumped out of that window Absolutely. as well. Yeah. He, this is how cool Tom Cruise is. He climbed up on an off day. Him and some camera dude. Well, the camera dude was on a helicopter because clearly it was taken from a helicopter. There's a photo. Look up Tom Cruise on Letterman or find this photo. Tom Cruise, they, it took him like two hours to climb up the steeple, up a ladder, to the very, very top of this Dubai Tower, and he sat on top of it with no no ropes or nothing, so a picture of him could be taken just hanging out. Hey, look, I'm Tom Cruise hanging out, super dangerous, being awesome. And his movies are so fun. Like, yeah. MI4 was so fun. Like, Tom Cruise right now is my Edge of Tomorrow was great. Edge, Edge of Tomorrow was great. So good. So good. That's that's one of my favorite movies of the, yeah. the last year, year and a half or whatever. And um, it bums me out. That just goes to show you how 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 much marketing and studio control can can affect a box office just because that movie was marketed so poorly. Yeah. Everybody had the wrong mis- they had misconceptions about what it was and it, everybody I talk to now that sees it on DVD or or on demand is like, "Holy cow, this movie's awesome." Yeah. Three title changes. In Three one title year. changes. In no one way, year. really? Yeah, it was supposed to be "All You Need Is Kill," based off of the the yep. Japanese graphic novel. Then, uh, then Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow, and then now on the Blu-ray, it's "Live Die Repeat." Yeah, if you go to like Apple TV, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's "Live Die Repeat," and then a tiny little print that says "Edge of Tomorrow." Yeah. Like that's the tagline. Yeah. Wait, so, but they didn't officially change yes. the title to "Live Die Repeat." Yes. It's it's I think it's "Live Die Repeat: Colon Edge of Tomorrow." Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I know. I, I just thought that was like a new kind of poster that they were trying to to do. Like that that's what's the been. tagline. Yeah. Interesting, Dave. Dave, moving on. I'm going to who I think is the most iconic action hero of all time, and I'll go with the actor, not his role. I don't know that there's a better action hero, and it, it, I think he defines. Like, I'm going to make mine the most impressive. Like why I think he is. He defines the genre of action hero. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I think he. Who's that? Yeah, you may have yeah. heard of him. He, I think he was the governor, the governor? of uh, California for a while. Who's um, vice president in '85? Yeah. You, have that, you have that last man standing poster, right? I listen. <laughs> just because you have a few that don't. I was do going to pick him. I was actually going to pick him as the actor, but I figured somebody was going to pick him. I, he, he. See, you thought. I, I agree. He just awesome. did every. I mean, Conan. Terminator, mm. Running mm. Man, mm. Predator, mm. Yeah. Red Heat, yeah. Total Recall, yeah. Yeah. Kindergarten Cop. Kinder- <laughs> it's true. He's an action hero in that movie. He is. He is. He is. But he's he was funny. even the last action hero. Yes, that's Which a great, is an movie. underrated great movie. film. It is. It's a great movie. It's super great fun. Movie. It makes fun of it. It makes fun of him and his character, yeah. like that character he's been playing forever. I just, he just a saw like he just had the greatest iconic one-liners, and he was just a 
Beast. You know what I mean? Like Jingle all the way. Jingle all the yeah. way. Bust yeah. that one out this month. Yeah. Sinbad. But like even like yeah, he did, guys, he did some not so great movies. He was in, you know, Eraser wasn't very good. Batman and Robin. Let's don't even talk about that one. Um, but some of the stuff, like even End of Days, End of Days was like a crazy, you know, more like horror movie for him, even though he was kind of an action hero in it. What about so, Junior? <laughs> twins? Dude, by the way, I'm sorry. Junior and Twins are both fantastic movies. So, no, they are. They are. But and he's great in both of them. And to be fair, Harrison had some blips. True Lies? Harrison, and they're both, those guys yeah. are like, all everybody, these guys. Everybody yeah, has everybody. Guys, Tom Hanks was in some horrible Because when you're an movies. action hero, what you're trying to do too is you always have to, every Tom couple of years, keep it real and take a step outside of, of your box. Sure. Right. And that's why Arnold excelled when he did step out Well, that's of why comedy. like Sylvester Stallone did uh, 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 the Rhinestone Cowboy. Is that what the one he did? True Lies. True, oh my God. I love True, the Lies, True Lies. Lies. Remember the Dolly Parton Sylvester Stallone movie? I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you serious? No He idea wants to be a country. About. She wants him. She tries to turn him into a country music singer. No idea what you're talking about. It's crazy. Just watch the trailer. It's unbelievable. No it's idea what unbelievable. you're <laughs> No, that's mine. That's mine. All right. Good Rhinestone. Picks. Rhinestone. Rhinestone. That's what it's called. Rhinestone. Yeah. Not Rhinestone Cowboy, because that's actually a Robert Redford film. Yeah. Uh, it's called Rhinestone. Like it's... a Rhinestone Cowboy. Speaking and with of, that. Speaking of Robert Redford, how good is the movie Sneakers? So good. It's so good. Dude, Sneakers, Sneakers is the bomb. It's the Great bomb guy. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller's in that movie. Danny Aykroyd. Fan. Wait, Johnny Lee Miller was in sneakers? sneakers? No, he was in Hackers. He was oh, in he was in Hackers. Hackers. That's no, right. Sneakers, sneakers was um, Hackers. Uh, Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Rid- uh, uh, River Phoenix. Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God, who played who played the blind Emmanuel guy? Lewis. No, she's no, not. He's nowhere <laughs> the guy, near. The guy from uh, good, good Night and Good Luck, um, oh, The River Wild. Uh, why can't I remember oh, his name? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so good. He played the blind guy um, who was constantly, like, he was, like, their kind of tech guy, but he was blind, and he was constantly using, like, a Braille keyboard, and they, like, they threw him in the trunk of a, of a car, like, he got kidnapped, or he was, like, in the back of the van, but he was able to tell them where the van went because of, like, how many, like, spaces oh, no, no, were no. on the bridge. Because oh, you yeah. could hear the kum and he could, and then they was like, he was like, slow down, slow down. He's like, oh, must be like the 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 Manhattan Bridge or whatever. And they like went, oh, dude, I love David that David Strathorn? Yes, yes, Stra- yeah, yeah, David Strathorn. Right. Yeah, and then, uh, Bodie Elfman was in it. Um, Timothy Busfield. Yeah, it's got a lot of great guys in that movie. A lot yeah. Of people. yeah, but also, um, who, who's the guy who played uh, Ned Ryerson? He was he was um, Ned, Ned Ryerson, Ryerson from Groundhog Day. Yeah, uh, what was Same. was like the guy they were trying to, to get into his office in order to get the stuff. Yes, and 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 what's her name? Mary, Mary McDonald, I think, had to go on a date with yeah. them. But then Ben Kingsley was like, "Wait a minute, you guys got set up on a you guys got set up on an internet date? No, I don't buy this." And that's where like the jig was up. Right. Oh, dude, I, yeah. I remember sneakers quite well. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, Stephen Stephen Tobolowski. There you go. Ned Ryerson. There you go, guys. That with that, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break and come back in a second with our uh, favorite directors and uh, the favorite city we ever lived in. So yes. we'll be right back. Bada bing, stay tuned. Hey everybody, I'd like to tell you about a very cool coffee table book. It's a book about Apple. The background is that back in 2009, a guy named Jonathan Zuffi collected and photographed pretty much every single product Apple has ever made since 1976 and produced this stunning coffee table book. It's called Iconic, a photographic tribute to Apple innovation. If there was ever a perfect gift for an Apple fan or history buff, this is it. 350 beautifully designed pages and hundreds of fantastic photos of basically every product Apple has ever made. I mean, every desktop, laptop, 
iDevice, printer, even the old gaming devices. It's all in here, and I guarantee you'll see some products that you didn't even know Apple made. There's an amazing chapter about prototypes, and there's even a chapter on packaging, all the boxes that came with all this amazing technology. It includes a forward by Steve Wozniak. That's right, Steve's number two. And hundreds of amazing quotes from other Apple pundits. It's really something. This book comes in a few different versions, including a version in a bookcase that looks like an old Apple floppy drive and a new Ultimate Edition that ships in a white clamshell with an embedded glowing standby light that pulses just like the old sleep indicators on the MacBook Pros. It's really worth seeing, so visit iconicbook.com and take a look. You can order the Classic Edition at Amazon, but if you decide you want the Classic Plus, Special or Unlimited Editions, or Ultimate Editions, then enter the code RAZZLE when you check out for a 10% discount. That's iconicbook.com and promo code RAZZLE. Welcome back to Picking Favorites, everybody. We're uh, with our special guest this week, Kyle Newman. Kyle Newman, uh, start us off again with our second favorite of the episode, the favorite of... Director. Who is your favorite director, Kyle? I'm going to go with um, Steven Spielberg again because it was so so integral to an, an, an era of, of pop culture, yeah. um, of my youth, and... You know, it was one of those key figures who got me interested in filmmaking um, as a profession. So, I mean, there's a string of movies outside of maybe 1941, but you look at Close Encounters, which I think is just uh, Jaws, Close Encounters, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T. It's just sensational. They're all so diverse. Um, he found a way to bring humor into it. He was able to capture in a, you know, almost like in a Frank Capra-esque way, like what it was like to be in a family, what it was like to to really be in America at that point. And then you have these quirky kind of characters, you know, like Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters. You know, it was kind of bold to just follow. It's really about obsession, less than it's about, about aliens and the human mind. And um, so we always found a way to do something interesting with it, even Jaws being such an unconventional horror film. Um, and E.T. just loaded with so much heart and magic and it was dramatic and grounded yet it was otherworldly and it, it was just he has he he has a skill he still has the skill but he especially had it back then when he was directing children and um i mean the guy is, is out of this world yeah literally you look at his imdb page and it's like 12 or 15 movies also like. what he produced yeah just beyond even, being a director yeah, it's just his fingerprints and, yeah. on so many things and how he helped other filmmakers make films yeah. and things like goonies and yeah gremlins and he's he just he changed culture the other great thing he didn't actually stay in one genre of film all the time like he would do a bunch of action stuff then he would do like schindler's list and you go yeah that's the same year you had you had jurassic park and schindler's list he's basically making the same year back to back and they couldn't be more different right um and and then he did lost world amistad and saving private ryan in that order and you're like god like there's just i think saving private ryan and it was amistad and 97, yeah. He did two of them, again, right back to back. So he was kind of posting them at the same time. Um, So he's also prolific, which is, there's guys like Stanley Kubrick I love, but there's nobody as, I feel as, as modern prolific as him. He was. We actually we actually did a category of what's our favorite Kubrick film, and he, oh, he only directed cool. like twelve movies, but it's still like some of them are so iconic in our memories. So, um, I that, think that's uh, that's some solid work there. By the way, I think yes, everyone would agree that Steven Spielberg is uh, half I mean, of us probably went oh. 
Like I, I, I saw a couple of deflated yeah. silent yeah. sighs. Over no, there. I wasn't going Spielberg. <laughs> I wasn't going Spielberg. Razzle, uh, Razzle, Razzle, Razzle which way are you going? Uh, the, I'm gonna say. Um, I was going to say Ed Wood as a joke, but that's obviously that's, <laughs> uh, or, uh, I'm a huge fan of how, uh, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to go current again. Um, only because it's, I'm going to say Chris Nolan. Uh, he's my current, obviously all the, you know, cause Spielberg, you got Lucas, you got Ron Howard, you got, you know, Steven Soderbergh, you got, you know, I'm looking, I'm just, I'm just looking at a list and I'm like, holy cow, you know, you got Mel Brooks, you got, uh, David Finkter, you got everybody, Ridley Scott. You know, there's so many great directors that touched my childhood as far as nostalgic purposes and or imaginative, you know, creating who I am today. You know, uh, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies, oh, you know. God. Mm. So, you know, Ghostbusters, you know, Ivan Reitman, you know, all of those. But Chris Nolan is, I would say, you know, uh, to, to bring us up to date and to keep some currents uh in, in, in this conversation, Chris Nolan, I just, you know, Interstellar was beautiful and, and very amazing to me. Uh, you got Inception, uh, which was amazing. The Prestige was a very great movie. Uh, then you have the three Batman films, and everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Batman, so I like Batman. So. <laughs> <laughs> Memento, great film. Memento, great yeah. film. Oh, so good. Uh, Kentucky. I'm going to go uh, not current, old school. Uh, and I'm gonna. Go, he only directed eight movies, but his fingerprints are on so many other ones that I think he just. And he's an iconic. Everyone knows him. Uh, John Hughes. John yeah. Hughes. So I think good. He he. I, again, growing up in the eighty, like I grew up in the eighties. You know, I was born in seventy one, so eighty came around. I was nine years old, so I saw almost all these movies in real time when they came out. But it's like Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like yeah. every so single one, every five single movies wrote, in a row. Wrote Home Alone. And you yes. go home alone, and yes. you're like, which is we talked perfect about it on last podcast. It, yeah. it is a perfect movie, which apparently was a nightmare once they got it that shot. That movie has like a 52 on Rotten Tomatoes. Who the f is? Yeah. Saying what that is wrong alone. with you people? If you voted <laughs> yeah. that yeah. movie yeah. Yeah. low, you That's should be ashamed so of yourself. You, know, you should go on there and change your vote, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, don't don't, you mean, don't Kyle. sugarcoat it, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. How do you really feel? Hashtag, um, hashtag yes, all Home Alones. <laughs> yeah, uh, Home Alone is a great movie. Again, my daughter loves it. It's one of her favorite movies. It also helps. It's Christmas time right now, which is great. Um, he also did She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, and Curly Sue. Uncle Buck. Oh, Uncle Buck's hilarious. It's John Candy. So oh, I just watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's, it's, it's a holiday movie, but it's one of those rare Thanksgiving holiday movies. Yeah. And you watch yeah. that, and you go, geez, this, that. Steve Martin and John Candy together are, are magical in their comedy. Steve Martin is one of my, he's my favorite comedian. He's why I became a stand-up, and he's so funny in that movie. And uh, another Steve Martin movie I just watched that's on Netflix is um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, yeah. That's really funny. But Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, when he's trying to rent a car, oh, that that's one of the best so things ever. The yeah. best scene in the world. You know what John Hughes, too? It's one of those things where it's, it's relevant now. You watch those characters and what those people are going through. There's something, even though it's dated in clothes or music, yeah. which I still like, but... Um, Emotionally, you can identify with what what the young characters are going through. You know, uh, especially movies like you know Breakfast Club. Right, and it oh makes gosh, me nostalgic yeah. in a way where I'm a, I'm sad I didn't live then, or that wasn't like don't I was like I feel that high school student. I feel sad in some way. Yeah. My yeah, older brother don't be that sad about it. Frankly. <laughs> My older brothers because <laughs> I looked just like because when I was in high school I looked just like Anthony Michael Hall, and when this yeah. movie came out it was like because he didn't have a name he was just called the Geek. Yeah. Rough. That's what I got called yeah, every day. Yeah. So, uh, hey, but you, did David, the get geek to kind of cold. You got I did. To I did win. I did win because yeah. I'm sitting here doing a podcast called uh, Nerd Machines Picking Favorite. Yeah, so, yeah. Zachary, favorite director. I, this this was oddly uh, one of the most difficult categories that I've had to pick. Uh, and even though every category is very difficult for me to pick, 
because I'm a Libra, whatever. Um, but uh, just there's so many movies and and, there, and therefore so many directors that I just love so much. But if I had to take like a whole body of work and so many things that meant so much to me and how they've affected me um, – and and is very close actually to to Mr. Spielberg. It's it's uh, Robert Zemeckis. So good. Uh, they're just literally you know so uh, starting at Romancing the Stone. And you know and oddly enough, and I just saw and this might be very subconscious, but I just saw Death Becomes Her. It was on uh, HBO again. I'm not not that I just saw it for the first time. I just <laughs> saw it. Yeah, no no no. I just saw it again. And and I was just. Oh, dude, and talk about like special effects that were like, oh my god, like I can't believe how like so antiquated so so much of this stuff has been for so long. But it's the storytelling, it's storytelling, 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 and guys like Spielberg and Zemeckis and John Hughes and you know and, and even kind of more recently people people like Danny Boyle and Paul Thomas Anderson, like they just tell incredible stories. You are transfixed by these characters. You believe the the the, the worlds that they're that they're in and the interactions that they're having, and it's it's compelling. And talk about like jumping around in genres and 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 perhaps maybe you know it's in my top five if not my number one i cried my eyes out it was the first movie i ever just completely lost my shit and and, and my parents thought was something wrong with me uh forrest gump i oh. there there yeah. it is it is almost if not completely perfect um and and the character and the and the transformation and and the the, the decades and the eras that he goes through and how he touches people's lives and doesn't even know it um yeah, so Robert Zemeckis, that's He's that's my guy. So good, yeah, so good. Yeah, he, all if, those movies. If you haven't, if you're a Zemeckis fan and you haven't seen the movie Used Cars, used I've cars. never. By the way, I've not seen it. It's Kurt Russell. It's Kurt Russell. It's hilarious. It's super dated for what it is. Yeah, but it's a really funny movie, especially when you just if you embrace the time period of what it, when it was shot and what it was yeah. about and all that. So, what about uh, his motion capture stuff? You mean I, like I actually like some of it. Polar I, I, I like and, a, uh, I like a Christmas Carol. I think Jim. I think Jim Carrey actually did some really incredible stuff for a Christmas Carol. Yeah, but I, my my personal opinion is that they were doing that motion capture stuff at a time when motion capture was cool, but it wasn't quite where it needs to be for broader audiences to go. Holy crap, that's amazing! Yeah, I think it was more of the technological marvel of it than it was actually being polished and and amazing enough for everybody to go this isn't just a weird live action cartoon if yeah. that makes sense yeah you know? i like i liked beowulf i thought they had some really it's cool, cool things it's cool yeah but yeah, I, I, it's cool right, to see a director step out of the box yeah. experiment i didn't yeah. love them but i'll be yeah. honest i'm looking at i did not realize he did death becomes her yeah until you just said that yeah uh, and then, by the way and who framed roger, who Rabbit? Framed roger yeah. Rabbit? oh my gosh oh, yeah. and again going back to bob hoskins yeah. right genius yeah. um, uh, and guys was, uh, those are all solid solid choices we're going to take a quick break again and then we'll be back and we'll talk about uh, our favorite cities and uh, some that we lived stuff. in that, that we, we lived in. that we lived in yeah yeah you have to Not have some personal random. experience yeah. all right we'll be right back Hey, listeners, help picking favorites stay free to download by completing this short anonymous survey. It will take no more than five minutes. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of our podcast and its listeners like you. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We promise not to share or sell your email address, and we won't send your email unless you win. Please go to podsurvey.com slash razzle. That's podsurvey.com slash razzle to take our survey and get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Thank you. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Picking Favorites uh, with our guest in-house, Kyle Newman. Uh, Kyle, we have been through uh, we've been through a couple things now. We've been through Favorite Action Hero. We've been through Favorite Director. Now we're on to our last favorite, favorite city that you have ever lived in. First of all, how many cities have you lived in? Have you been like traveled and lived extensively? What, or? what constitutes li- how many months in a place? Six months. Six months. Okay. Six months. Or because so we yeah because you'll work on location you'll live somewhere for maybe like I lived in New Jersey where I grew up in Chester New Jersey you know outside of Morristown about an hour west of Manhattan I lived in New York for maybe eleven years I went to NYU um, I that's a long time spent to be at some NYU. time I spent half a year in Austin Texas which was a great city I spent about a half a year in Albuquerque New Mexico. I did see somebody walking around with no shirt, cut off jean shorts, and a machete right near town hall, broad like, daylight. Like Interesting you do. city. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens. It happens. And I probably spent about six months in Atlanta, so I've been a little bit, a little bit everywhere. And right. Los Angeles. And of Los course. Angeles right, right, is where right, I've spent, right. you know, the the majority of the past ten years. And I'm going to pick Los Angeles because I think it gets a bad rap and it needs some love. I think a lot of people are very... You know, the interesting thing is people in New York love to hate Los Angeles. Yeah, they but do. people in Los Angeles don't give a shit about New York because <laughs> it is true. so very true. awesome. Yeah. Very true. It is so awesome. So do I want to go outside and scrape ice off my car? No. no. Do I want to preheat it no. just to go no. get some eggs? No. 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 I want to walk outside. I want it to be beautiful. Yes. And it gives me the... The flexibility, I can go to the mountains, I can go to the desert, I can get to San Francisco so fast. If you want to go to Vegas, it's not really my thing, you can get there so fast. It's it's such like a flexible city, you've got the ocean. And you can surf and snowboard in the same day. You can see snow, it, and it's just a, it actually is a great connection to nature. And I think in the past 10 years, I've really witnessed Los Angeles become more of a global, more of a global city and less one-track mind. You know, you've seen tech and fashion and all these other things kind of intermingle here. And even the cuisine's gotten a little more global. It's just gotten better. It's less like just health town, you know? Right. So I love Los Angeles. Plus, I love the film culture. And like I said, there's so many people here. A city is, I, I deem it by like the people, you know? It's the, the, and I am inspired by so many people here, like great friends, like Zach, you know? It's like, I get to meet amazing people. Um, that are all doing something. They're out there in the world creating stuff because they're passionate about it, and you feel that in Los Angeles, and, I, and that's why I love the city. Absolutely. I think it's an absolutely excellent choice. Dave, what, what would be your, uh, your favorite? Uh, I do love Los Angeles. I've been here 13 years. I love it here. Uh, probably the favorite city I ever lived in uh, was Columbia, South Carolina. Just because the vibe of that city is so cool. It's a college town. I was in grad school. It was just a great time in my life where I was like kind of learning about what I was going to be and how what I was going to do, how I wanted to do it. Uh, beautiful weather. Great people, um, really fun, energetic city. Uh, you know, kind of a like kind of like Atlanta in a lot of ways, but um, just had a, a beautiful like, just kind of mellow style to the whole city. I had some really fun places to go, and you know, I got to learn a lot about just what I was going to be when I moved to eventually when I moved to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? So, uh, Columbia was it was a great. I went to grad school there, so I. Uh, Got to experience these great, like, historical, like, the building I was going to theater school in, like, this grad school, used to be a Civil War, like, hospital. Like, it had been, the building had been there for, like, 250 years, and so we were doing plays in there. And so it just had this, like, great, like, history, and, like, you know, the building's, like, from 1712 or something, and you're like, oh, my God, this is just, there's just so much nostalgia and history, and um, I just felt like it was a great place to kind of transfer from where I grew up 
you know, in a really small town in Kentucky to like, I lived in Miami, I lived in Cincinnati, and then I went to Columbia. And it's not a huge city. I mean, but it's a big school. But it kind of got me ready for like Atlanta and then Atlanta to here. So uh, I love Columbia a lot just because I I think I learned a lot about what I was going to be when I moved out to uh, one of the greatest cities on earth, which is Los Angeles. W- would you have chosen uh, New Orleans, Louisiana? Had you lived in New Orleans, Louisiana longer? Uh, uh, New or- Orleans is my favorite city that I've ever been to or vacationed at. My fa- my wife's family is from there, so I've kind of adopted it as my home city. I still have never been there. What? We have to go together. One time I was, I was heading on the airport going there. I was going to visit somebody, and then... I was gonna make it in time, and you know, I was like, "This is a hassle," and I didn't go. It was like a two-day trip, and I was like, "This is just this what is, am I doing?" Yeah, this is more I'm more stress. Than worth. It's a great city. I gotta go. It's a great. It's unbelievable, and I'll give you a list of all the places you should hit when you Best go there. Yeah. Uh, of which there are. <laughs> yeah, I can't endless. even. Yeah, restaurants. It, would, it fills and, volumes. Yeah, I've been to Shreveport, just not New Orleans. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna say uh, favorite city I've ever lived in uh, is New York City, uh, Manhattan. Uh, well, not, not not just Manhattan. I really enjoy Brooklyn as well, but. Um, I uh, j- I just recently moved back from there. Um, I miss it incredibly. Uh, I've always felt inspired by the city. I think the energy there is unparalleled. I've I've gotten to visit a lot of places around the world internationally. Been really blessed in that regard, and you know, great places like Paris and London and 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 uh, and Amsterdam and Tokyo and and they're all incredible places to go. But I've never felt an energy and a magic like I've felt walking around in the streets of New York at any day or uh, any time of day or night almost any season you can still find magic in those streets when it is you know February and it is uh, zero degrees or it is you know the middle of July and you've got swamp ass dripping down your leg there are so many incredible moments and things and you bump into friends all the time because you're not you know one of the differences in LA and New York. And by the way, I'm a proponent, a giant proponent of both cities. And I do find it so fascinating that everybody, there's constantly this, this like, well, New York's better, LA's better, whatever. And you do tend to get that more from, from, from New York, I think, because it's old school and there's a lot of kind of pride in that. Um, but that you could not find two more polar opposite cities. I always tell people like, you know, New York is like a, like a roaring, like you walk out your door and you like a, caught up in this like roaring rapid river and you're like dodging boulders and you're like, you know, you're using your oar and you're like, oh, damn, oh, here, yeah, you know, and, and things are coming at you and you know it's all like super intense and exciting and it kind of and it propels you and then you get to the end of your day and you're like whoa wow what a ride but in LA LA is like this perfectly temperatured pool where you're you're just like chilling on the side of the pool with like you're the closest people to you but if you need to go see anyone else or do anything else you you have to propel yourself across the pool and you're like oh yeah but it's so nice over here it's really comfy you know and so you don't have the same kind of propelling energy but it's it feels so good all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what's it's the, super comfortable. What's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you when you were in New York, when you were living there? Oh man, the weirdest thing? Or like the most like one of the most memorable things that you ever that you that oh, you experienced when you were living there. I don't know. I mean, I uh well, doing the Broadway show when I was there was just incredible and kind of and the whole Broadway community and like meeting up with other actors and and such like after shows and like having drinks and talking about how their shows going and uh and just you know just my own cast and the experience that we had and and the the fans that came out and I mean the the theater scene is something as an actor that I grew up doing nothing but and then I you know was blessed enough to do television and film for so long but I always wanted to get back and be with a live audience there's nothing that that compares to it and there's an energy and a symbiosis 
osmosis. Then you're, you're, you're giving to them and they're giving back to you and you're giving to them and you're giving, they're giving back to you and you, you just can't fake that. I mean, as a stand up yeah, yeah. comic, you know, like audience, live audiences, it's instant reaction, instant gratification. It's, yeah. it's, it's, they help you do a better show and you provide for them a yeah, better show. And totally. It's, it's so symbiotic. It's yeah. the best thing in the world. Yeah. But bump, you know, but bumping into random people all the time and just kind of having your routine and like, I love the subway, like I, things that, that you might kind of take for granted, but like, you know, I really loved walking around in the city. I was in better shape than I, than I am in LA. Cause I actually have great museums, great, mu- <laughs> like the Frick museum. <laughs> no, seriously. If you're no, in New York, hit up the Frick museum. It's a small collection up, uptown. It's beautiful. If you're in New York, I can't remember. I think it's like the Tomlinson building or whatever. It's a building in uh, the the fashion district and on the island of Manhattan by by the lower fifth, I believe. If if I was only there once for a week, uh, visiting our buddy Joel who was just on, but I walked down there. It's a building. It's a giant building, and there's no windows. It's the most like weird looking building in the and I've ever seen. Is it a Masonic temple? It's, what is it? No, it, it uh, when it was built, it was like an old at and uh, server tower. Oh. So they had all these like computers and stuff inside and they couldn't have windows because the sun and the heat. Oh, I know exactly what it. you're talking about. And it's yeah. just this weird like cement construct brick. It's yeah. the weirdest building. Yeah. So NYC, NYC, I yeah. love you. I miss you. You get my vote. Razzle. Uh, me, I just got to say, look at that mountain. Look at them trees. Look at that bum over there. He's down on his knees. I love LA. Uh, <laughs> I love Los Angeles so much. I've lived in multiple cities. I've lived in Bay City, Michigan. I lived in Orlando, Florida. I lived in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I, as much as um, I, I loved Chicago and I loved visiting New York when I was there, uh, Los Angeles doesn't have a, a, a city like those. You know, the downtown of Los Angeles is, is like Chicago threw up, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's still, I love Los Angeles so much. Like Kyle, I agree with you. Like I hike three times a week and in Los Angeles, you can go hike in a different spot within a 40 minute drive and get a great view and waterfalls and all of that within two hours you can go up to big bear or to you know you can go skiing you can go to vegas you got san fran you got san diego there's so much within just a short drive of los angeles you got you know the sun it's it's i'm here for the duration i've been here for five years and i'm i'm here till i die i believe i love los angeles so much i think we can all agree that probably new york and la are the, are the two best. Really really the best. i mean i love your pitch on new york i just so, of all the stuff I love. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it's so I love true. wandering out at 3 a.m. getting graced for so, Pia Hot Dog. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, I've seen the sun come up so many times in New York because oh, you can, and it's freaking it's magical. So and magical. it's magical. And let, me, and let me add, by the way, because I, there, there might be some, some uh, backlash from here. I am from Ventura, California. I'm a Southern yeah. California kid. I'm Dodgers and Lakers and Clippers and Kings through and through and through. So please know that I yeah. love Los Angeles and I love SoCal, it's, but I love New York. New York, I was there, like I said, I was there for the first time back in September for a week, and I fell in love with it. You know, it was the, it was fall weather. I miss fall seasons. Mm. Um, that's the only downside of LA is you only have fall for like a week. Uh, but you don't really every get three. in New York. You don't almost don't get the season recognition either. Correct. Yeah, you know, like and I do love uh, you know New Jersey where I grew up yeah. was all farms and cider mills and you watch the foliage change color and you yes. don't you don't even get that in Manhattan. No. it's just like a concrete. It's you do. Yeah. You kind of get an you hour of do. sunlight in the winter. Yeah. Just whatever. I'll tell you what's through. <laughs> the one and thing you're just waiting for somebody to shovel dirt in your concrete tomb. You know, it's the, it's gets depressing. The one thing it does was, get a little, but one, it's beautiful. Yeah. 
the one thing I, I'm upset that Los Angeles doesn't have is waking up at 3 a.m. or staying, you know, just getting out of the bar at 3 a.m. and wanting dollar slice pizza. I, yeah. If anybody listening, send me dollar slice pizza from New York because there's something <laughs> about that, just that dollar slice pizza that makes it seem like it tastes better than $8 slice pizza. <laughs> I just want, I miss, I wish we had, you know what I mean? Like, it's that, the fact I that did, you I can just you. go and get a dollar slice. I gotcha. At if, any if time of the day. LA could up its rating like a half star with a couple of late night places. Late night. You places. know what else could help LA? A Red Lobster and an Olive Garden. <laughs> we have those by the airport. They have them in, and in, they have them in Manhattan. And you know? in Burbank. But I would just love to go yeah. in and get what like a, a tour of Italy at, at Olive Garden. You can't, I gotta drive like <laughs> forty mean, miles to go. Yeah. What are you What's talking about? In Burbank. Burbank breadsticks, dude. There's I'll one go. in Burbank. There's Olive going. Garden We're and going. and uh, the other thing you said. Red Lobster. Yes. Red I like Lobster. to mix it up in terms of restaurants. I like good food. I like. While my wife was pregnant, while my wife was pregnant, we kept seeing these Red Lobster commercials, and she was like, "Babe, we have to go to Red Lobster." There's one by the airport. The Admiral's. There is one by the airport. Yeah, dude. Yes, yes, that happened. You know what we need? There's one in Northridge. There's one in Northridge. Okay. It's only like, you know, 25 yeah. minutes away. But they, yeah, they don't have an Applebee's close enough. I want That's an Applebee's. Problem. I want a closer Chili's because I want queso dip every day. And I want... Uh, it's true. I want bottom, those breadsticks. No, it, yeah, it is true. Los Angeles is the... Is like, I think that, and I think so the other great thing about Los Angeles, especially for guys like us who are all who all have come here. I mean, yeah, Zach, we were up really close. But it is the place where people who are passionate and creative about things come because they know they can have a chance. Yes. Yeah. You may not make it. New York's the most exciting playground. You know what I mean? But LA, sure. it's, you have some real opportunity. I just love the hardworking people. Right. Passion, they they just follow it. And you yeah. see all this great stuff created, like actual tangible creation by people that yeah. love I, stuff. I would... I would throw out that New York has a lot of that too. I, I, Incredibly I, hardworking people. It does. Who, it does, who, who sure blaze does. a trail, who yes. go and, and I'll be honest, also... I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. <laughs> That's but really, think, this is what it all comes down to. I, I, I used that... to go to Yankee Stadium and just taunt the Yankee outfielders. I used to be like. You a Mets fan? No, Red Sox. Strangely, yeah. I don't know. Well, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I went to Yankee Stadium a few times. I went to the Mets and I'd go up to Boston and. Watching Wade Boggs and Roger Clemens come out in fur coats oh, wow. in like 1986. Yeah, cool. These guys are cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were like wife beaters, like the Yankees. Yeah. Well, that's that. We can neither confirm nor deny those allegations. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of uh, picking favorites, episode eight. Uh, let's have a round of applause for our guest, Kyle Newman. Kyle Newman. Thank you, guys. Dude, thank you so much for taking time out to come and hang out with us. Pleasure. Is there Absolutely. anything? Anything else you want to plug, real quick? Before we're out of here? Plug the movie again. And then. Well, yeah, and Barely Lethal coming next year. Like I said, Sam Jackson, Jessica Alba, Sophie Turner, and Haley Steinfeld. It is a hell of a lot of fun, and I'm so proud of it. You know, Again, doing it independently, doing it the way we wanted to. Yeah. Female leads. It's a female story. You're watching the men kind of sit on the sidelines while the girls do all the action. Yeah. And you know, we couldn't have done that unless it was produced independently. So very proud of the – it's a struggle, like I said earlier. And oh, it's yeah. a beautiful struggle. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and everybody, make, make sure to follow uh, Kyle on Twitter, at Kyle underscore Newman. Correct. Uh, he's going to have a, a fun little uh, music video drop very soon yes. uh, that I think you'll all want to uh, yes. want to see. And we're just going to tease that. That's all we're going to say right now. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, no, I have no, no idea what it we're is. We're not going to spoil anything. And also, I rant a lot about Star Wars. So follow me if you yeah. if you want to talk yeah, some Star, Star Wars. Wars. I am a yeah. Star Wars oh, our aficionado. Fan, that's what they want to talk about, believe me. They want to talk about Star <laughs> Real Wars. Quick, that what, and Joel's your, Barbies. What's your thought on the hilted lightsaber? <laughs> I actually like it. It feels yeah. like a Sith relic to me. It feels like something a little more custom made or ancient. It feels like a precursor to yeah. the evolved I've heard uh, rumors refined of what might Jedi be, yeah. weapon. And I, I, I think it's cool. Yeah. And also the blade is a little bit different. You know, it's fiery. Yeah. It's a little less structured. Yeah. It's cool. 
Fair enough. Cool. Oh man, I Un- just I just unfollow. got nerded. Yeah. That was nerded all over I my was, face yeah. right now, and I liked it. I liked <laughs> That's it. That's awesome. Hey guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Yes, you'll see all of our uh, again all the places to go and check us out at thenerdmachine.com and yeah. all of our Twitter and Facebooks and all that. So give it a look. Uh, thanks yep. so much for listening, and we'll uh, he talk to you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye bye. Thank thanks. you. Bye. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.